Our scripture reading this afternoon you will find in the gospel according to Mark, chapter 9, the verses 33 to 50. Mark 9, beginning at verse 33. And they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent. For on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve. And he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and put him in the midst of them. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him, because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him. For no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. For the one who is not against us is for us. For truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will by no means lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than with two feet to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. So far the reading. And the text, as you will notice, from the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew chapter 18, verse 5. But I will read the first five verses. Matthew Chapter 18. At that time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them, and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And now the text Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. 
Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ. In his introduction to the book, Sometimes God Has a Kid's Face, Bruce Ritter, the founder of Covenant House, a home that ministered to street kids in places like New York City and Toronto, says, in the almost 20 years of our existence, we have tried our best to help the more than 100,000 kids we have taken off the streets into residence in our programs. We believe that we have been able to help about one-third make it back. The rest, I think most of them don't make it. They die young, or they go to jail, or join the tra tragic throngs of emotionally racked alcoholic and drug inhabitants of what is becoming a vast and barely human national shelter system. Kids don't survive very long on the street at least not in any recognizable human way. The distortion of the personality, the erosion of character, are swift and massive and almost always irreversible. And you could have added, it is no respecter of church background. It has been some while ago now that I received a news item from the Netherlands. An, organi an organization there that has much the same kind of ministry as that referred to by Bruce Ritter informs us that one-third of the youth it ministers to in its alcohol and drug addiction program are from the Reformed community. One-third and affirm that alcohol and drugs are ruining those young lives. Kids, children, who cares for them? Who cares about them? Oh yes, the governments propose to spend countless millions, or is it billions of dollars, on child care centers. That does indeed sound as though the government cares, that it cares for the kids. But when you think about it for just a moment, you realize that it is precisely the expenditure of such huge sums of money. Yes, it is the demand that such huge sums be spent. It is that situation that underscores the urgency of the question. Who? Who really cares for the kids? And with that, we're only skimming the surface of what is in fact a maelstrom of corruption, of abuse and corruption. The fact is, there are countless millions of kids in North America who never get to see the light of day, whose mothers decided that bearing them was not convenient or would hamper their lifestyle. They were not prepared 
to care. Abortion, you understand. Abortion is the end of the road that began with people saying and living that they are the measure of all things, that their convenience and their pleasure may never be violated. Therefore, they believe, oh yes, therefore they have an inalienable right to violate the lives of those who would stand in the way of their convenience and their pleasure. Therefore, they may kill, they may murder the child in the womb. That phenomena, you understand, is what Paul was talking about in his letter to Timothy when he wrote about the last days. People will be lovers of self, he said, lovers of money, yes, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. No doubt many, if not most, members of the church are appalled at the abortion scene. They would not practice it ever. But the question I want to raise is this one. Do you realize that abortion, the practice of abortion, comes at the end of the road that begins with people becoming lovers of self, a lover of pleasure? I'm going to speak on receiving the children in Jesus' name. Or simply, who cares for the kids? The disciples, remember, had been arguing among themselves. Who of us, they asked, who of us is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus had responded to that arguing of the disciples with an oath word. Truly, he said, that is, I swear it to you. Truly, I say to you, unless you turn, turn around, that is, unless you convert, unless you leave your born of this world ambition, unless you forsake your self-centeredness, yes, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Because there is one thing you lack. You who pride yourself in your busyness and faithfulness and sacrifice for the kingdom. You have not become like children. And the kingdom of heaven, it is only for the children. It is only for those who have become like children. You know it. A child is small. A child cannot produce. A child is dependent. A child is in need of care. A child must be led and shown and guided in the pathway of life. Oh no. That's the point. The Savior now drives home in verse 5, our text. Whoever receives 
one such child in my name, he says, receives me. Ah, oh, that must have sounded strange in the ears of the disciples. These men, you understand, these men dreamed of all they had accomplished, of the people they had reached with the gospel, of the demons they had cast out in Jesus' name, of the signs and powers they had been able to demonstrate in the kingdom of heaven. But Jesus says, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom. And now, now he adds to that word about receiving uh, to the children. He re adds, adds something to that. Or oh, you can't miss it. This word too is addressed to his disciples. Think of it. To the disciples whom he would call to be his apostles, remember. To those disciples, Jesus says that the matter of foremost importance in his kingdom is this. That the children, the children of the covenant, one such child, says Jesus, that the children are received. That is, that people, the members of the covenant community, the church, that people busy themselves with, that they have time for the little ones, that you care for the kids. Do you hear how very current, how relevant this word of Jesus is? Oh yes, with this word, Jesus undercuts with one fell swoop the pretentiousness of the disciples. They were stuck on their own big accomplishments in the kingdom. But, but they forgot that such accomplishments say nothing at all to a child. With children, you have to do a lot of giving, of time, of love, of care. But a child, see a child can give you very little in return. Very little, that is, that would give you a name that will give you prestige in the community. A child cannot give that to you. And then you know it. This word of Jesus speaks volumes to our age also. Who cares for the kids? Who has time for the children? Are there many things more important than children? Isn't that what the many and varied daycare programs underscore? By the way, we should recognize that Jesus' word here is actually even more focused. You see, Jesus talks about receiving one such child. Oh yes, people are impressed with numbers, with large numbers. They count and count again.
and they wonder who really is the biggest of us all. But Jesus says, that's not where it's at. What counts is that you people who profess the Christ, that you give time and attention to one little one. No doubt, for people who are go-getters, who are climbers, who are prideful, that is indeed a hard word, a tough word to take. Because you see, it takes a lot of self-denial to receive one such child in Jesus' name. Understand well, Jesus is not asking, do you find kids cute? He's not asking, do you think it's fun to spend some time with kids on occasion? There are lots of people like that. There are many people who think it is fun to have some kids around at their convenience, for their pleasure, when it suits them. But Jesus is talking about receiving the little ones in his name. Jesus is asking, will you, for my sake, give your attention to the little ones? Take time for them. Make time for, for them. Be patient with them. Will you deny yourself? Spend yourself? for their salvation, for their entrance into the kingdom. Oh, it's true. The children of the church, they are in God's covenant and they are His people. We confess that they, no less than adults, are promised the forgiveness of sins through Christ's blood and the Holy Spirit who produces faith. But, but it is also true that the parents are to receive the little ones in Jesus' name. And, yes, and it is also true that the parents must lead the little ones to Jesus. Precisely because the parents are called by Jesus to embrace the little ones on the basis of the salvation which he gives, that is, on the foundation of the grace he works in their lives. I think we may all be guilty here. Think for a moment. When was the last time you took the time to talk with your children? When was the last time you talked with them about the power of sin and the need to fight against that power? When did you last talk with them about the faith, the life of faith, and the need for daily repentance, and the call to prayer, and the importance of seeking Christ's kingdom in the daily activities of their life? When? Why is it that our children 
know really show very little about the Bible and the confessions and the history of the church and the battle of God's people against the powers of sin and for the kingdom of our Lord. As that battle has been waged throughout the ages, the histories of the church, history of the church. Why? Oh, don't say that that is too difficult for them to grasp. Because these same children, our children of the covenant, they understand much more than we realize of the complexities of life, of what it is that makes the world go round, especially when it comes to maintaining contact with any and all their friends via the latest gadgets available on the market and of how it is that they can fit in, find their niche, make their way, and be a success as the world counts success. And when you really begin to think that through, that you also begin to feel the thrust of the question, where are the fathers and the mothers who still receive their children the way Jesus talks about here, receiving them in his name. Who talks with the boys as they go up to years of puberty? Who sits down with the girls and explains to them what is happening in their maturing bodies? Who watches over them and cares for them as they struggle, as they face the struggles of teenage years? Who answers their questions? Who guides them and upholds them with a love that carefully and clearly shows them the way? Ask yourself, where did my son, my daughter, learn about money, the role of money, the power of money, the prestige of money? And now ask yourself, where did my child learn about sex, the role of sex, the power of sex, and the place, the purpose of sex? There's a great concern today about the family, the problems of the family, the breakdown of the family. You hear it said, the parents and the children no longer really understand each other. They can't really talk together. Then people talk about a generation gap. Many a marriage flounders. Dad and mom can't get it together anymore. And the kids, uh, the kids become the victims. And all too frequently, they repeat the cycle once they become adults. Oh yes, there are today all kinds of counselors to deal with those problems. There are marriage counselors and family counselors. There are children and t 
teenage and youth counselors, but, but all too often, the homes and the marriages and the families of those counselors are in shambles. Special services are organized where kids will tell kids about the problems of kids. When you think about it for just a moment, you realize how very serious the situation is. And people, our churches, people of the church fall for it. They think that they have found the answer. But remember well, when parents are no longer able or willing to be the prophets of the Lord, <coughs> to be the prophets of the Lord in the home, who tell their children of the Lord, of His mighty deeds, of His salvation work in Jesus Christ for them, of the joy of service in His kingdom, when parents refuse to be the priests of God in their home who willingly sacrifice themselves, their time, their advancement, their pleasure for the well-being of their children. And yes, when parents dare not or neglect to be kings in Jesus' name, who, with authority given them by the Lord God, lead and direct their children in the way of the Lord and in the worship and service of the Lord. See, then that signals a serious breakdown in that family. Then not only are the children not received in Jesus' name, then not only are the children cast adrift in a hostile world, abandoned to their own insights and their own solutions, which are fed to them by day and by night by the secular media. But then, oh yes, then the parents also rob, them, rob themselves of the joy of parenting. Then the parents rob themselves of the blessing which the Lord has promised to those who faithfully nurture their children, the children of God's covenant, in the fear of the Lord. Then the question is real and urgent. What have you gained when you may indeed have gained the world, but have lost your soul or the soul of your child. The philosophy of this age, which says that each person must be free, free to seek self, free to satisfy self, free to indulge self. Remember it well. That philosophy is unto death. It is that philosophy that is responsible for the, for the abortion scene not only, but it is that philosophy also that is driving more and more mothers from the home to get an education, to find fulfillment in the world of business, because neither those mothers nor their husbands believe anymore that the joys of motherhood really constitute the greatest 
and most glorious task on earth and see where that is forgotten or denied that the children can no longer in truth be received in Jesus name and think of it and children are then not received in Jesus name their Jesus himself is not received the one remember is inextricably joined with the other says Jesus oh yes Jesus started at the other end and with that I want to close the sermon remember Jesus says whoever receives one such child in my name such a one receives me do you hear what Jesus is saying see to receive him means here that you recognize him as the Messiah the Christ of God it means that you therefore humble yourself that you place yourself under the sovereignty of his divine word remember when you receive the child of the covenant whom Christ sovereignly claims as his own for whom he shed his precious blood and to whom he promises the gift of the Holy Spirit when you receive and embrace and nurture such a child in Jesus name see then and therein you receive Christ then and therein you receive all the blessings which are yours in him namely life eternal righteousness and glory Christ says it clearly there is a rich and glorious reward for all who do the word of the Lord in obedience to him that blessing is yours in him your Lord and Savior when you walk with the Lord in the light of his word today every day I say to you in the name of Jesus receive your child our children of the covenant in the name of the Savior and you will receive in him the gift the joy the blessing of life for today and forever praise the Lord amen let us pray together father we have listened to your word a word of warning a word of admonition to us both parents and children father we pray may it be so that we the parents understand well the awesome responsibility you place upon us the call to nurture our children in the fear of the Lord the call that we walk that we talk with the children about you who you are for us for them that we tell them of your love and grace in Jesus Christ <coughs> 
that we instruct them in your word, that we lead them by our example to walk in wisdom's way. We pray also, Father, that our children may want to hear your word and entrust themselves to obey the precepts of your word. For that will be unto blessing for them today and forever. Will you, Lord, stir the hearts of the youth to be responsive to the good instruction of their parents at home and of the teachers in school, that I may serve unto the upbuilding of their walk with the Lord by the light of your word? Lord, there are many forces around, powers used by the devil and his demons to lead the children and the youth astray. Will you, O Lord, alert the parents, the adults, not only to recognize those powers, but will you equip us to warn and to fight against those powers? To the end, that we may be found to be faithful servants in your kingdom, who will receive the gift of life eternal, righteousness and glory, as you have promised that to us, to all who receive the little ones, in Jesus' name. To the end, will you bless us in the course of this week. Hear us, we pray, for Jesus' sake. Amen. <laughs>